everybody, and welcome to Generation H! <laughs> Guys, today is a very, very special day because we have our first guest. And our guest is an amazing person, and we're actually in his office right now. We've been recording in his office, and he's nice enough to let us use his office for all of our recordings recently. That's why we had the whiteboard in the last ones. If you like it, this is the reason why. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... So basically, uh, he'll tell you a little bit more about yourself, about himself, but we got Stephen Glover. He's the owner of Peak Property Management. Um, it's a management company here in Richmond, Virginia. And he's going to tell us a little bit about his, himself and how he started. And then we're going to ask him questions, about whether it be about property management or real estate. And uh, don't forget to hit that like, up, like button if you like what you see and that subscribe button. Subscribe. Yeah. Yes. And that share button. <laughs> don't forget to share. <laughs> <laughs> So, Stephen here does have a pretty sweet story, and a lot of people probably already know it, and uh, know about him, and know about Peak Property Management, and uh, so if you want to just tell us how you kind of got started with it, and how it led, how you became actual company of a property management company. Cool. Absolutely. Yeah. So, first off, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Honored to be your first guest, and, <laughs> and uh, please remember, if this gets to like Rogan status, Oh yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, we uh, might have you back on. Yeah, we'll have you back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One thousandth episode, all right? Yeah. So um, I'm Stephen Glover, owner and, and president of, of Peak Property Management. Uh, I would say, um, you know, I I got started. I, I basically, to uh, summary of my background is, um, went to college for about a semester, had about a 1.0 GPA, just was not interested, and dropped out. Uh, from there, I wanted to go ahead and get started. I just wanted real life experiences. Um, always well in school growing up, but just wasn't interested in college. But ended up moving to Florida uh, when I was 20 years old uh, by myself in Orlando, worked on motorcycles. I just love motorcycles. And I figured, I kind of told myself, hey, I was gonna, I was gonna own American Honda. And so I'm, I'm gonna go, but I need to learn how they work first, right? So, cause I didn't know what a, you know, what a motor was or how it worked or anything. So my goal was to own American Honda, but I needed to know the product first. And so the idea was go to motorcycle school. I went there for two years, uh, graduated uh, after going to a, a factory Honda school, factory Suzuki school and Harley Davidson. And then uh, came back to Richmond and immediately got an internship on the AMA Superbike uh, circuit with Michael Jordan's race team. So we went to Daytona, we went to California, and uh, basically went to these races. Michael Jordan was down in Daytona, which is just an incredible experience. Uh, and so I was working on the AMA Superbike circuit. I was working at factory dealerships in Richmond. Uh, and by the age of, I think, 22, I was managing the dealership. And Whoa. so at that point, we started looking at like the regional two guys. Years. Let me slow this down. Yeah. That's two years yeah. from like not so knowing no school at all. I'm going to own it, but yeah. I, I don't know how What's works. a wrench? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Oil. So yeah. Like, yeah. To like having your own team. team. Yeah. 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 So we, I have this theory of like you can become uh, somewhat like at the highest level within two years of anything if you have uh, enough passion. And so it did the motorcycle thing. Is uh, that ten thousand hours? Isn't that a thing? No book. I don't know. It, it, it might be. It might be. Yeah, it's trademark. Um, but the, but um, yeah. So we we were doing that where I was looking at going like regional in Honda, which would have been like looking after like five or six states worth of dealerships. And I was like 22, 23-ish, and got in a really bad motorcycle accident, and uh, ended up knocking out all my teeth and having surgeries and traumatic brain injury and. And that changed my outlook on life. And so 
I kind of looked at it as like, all right, I still want to be successful, yeah. but I need to, to make an impact in this world. And I got a second chance at uh, my mind and my body, which neither should have happened. I think it was like wow. less than 30% chance of surviving the accident. Wow. And so Man. we had, uh, I was like, I need to do something with my mind and my body. So what is the uh, biggest impact I can make uh, in this world on others and, and just do something bigger than myself? And uh, the only thing I think of, or, or the most impactful thing I think of, was to become a Navy SEAL. And so at that point, I kind of changed my mindset, continued working at the motorcycle dealership, rebuilt my bike to sold it for uh, to help pay with medical bills. Um, I met uh, a Navy SEAL in Richmond that runs a fitness program. He took me. He kind of laughed at me when I said I wanted to be a Navy SEAL. Then I told him I, you know, I'm currently working on motorcycles. He had a Ducati. He said, "Sweet, show up tomorrow morning." And then so I showed up the next day. And ended up showing up for the next two years. And the dude took me under the dude. His name is uh, John McGuire. He's a delegate in Virginia now. Uh, runs SEAL Team Physical Training. He took me under his wing. He's like he's like family to me now. But he took me under his wing. And for uh, about two years, I started working for his company. Uh, he let me run his company. And in the middle of the day, he'd say, hey, let's go shooting. Let's go swimming. Let's go diving. Hey, here's get scuba certified. Let's go... Uh, let's go learn how to stalk. He was a sniper for 10 years in the teams. And, and he was like, let's go learn how to stalk. And then we ended up doing athletic uh, team building and corporate team building, which is all about teamwork, leadership, and communication. And so we would travel the nation, sometimes internationally, to work with athletic teams and corporate teams, uh, including like Chaka Smart when he made his run uh, VCU. And we would do, put them through really hard challenges, let them know what they're capable of, how to work together, how to show proper leadership and stuff like that. And then on the side, he would train me, physical training, mental training, drown proofing, all kinds of stuff like that. And so I put in my papers uh, to go in the military to be a Navy SEAL. I tested number one in the state of Virginia at the time. Uh, and then I could not get past medical because Ooh. of my traumatic brain injury. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, long story short, I tried for two more years to enter uh, all the rest of the branches in a special forces capacity. Uh, could not get past medical and anything. So for four years, I tried to do that. Uh, what was it, if you don't mind, what was it of the medical that just wasn't? It was uh, the brain hemorrhages. They were saying that at altitude, I could have brain issues, uh, skydiving. So then I went yeah, skydiving yeah, yeah. and stuff and, it, and no issues. Or whatever. Uh, well, that's what they said. They said like seizures and stuff like that. Yeah. And then they said at uh, water pressure, like deep water pressure, I could have issues. So then I got scuba certified and was fine. So, and, it, and I got cleared by like four doctors, but once it's on your record, yeah, you know, yeah, something yeah. that serious, it couldn't get, couldn't get through. So we did that, but then uh, at that point, I was really into fitness and really into teamwork, leadership, and seeing people reach their goals and the energy behind that. And so then we got to, I stayed in the fitness uh, industry, and this kind of goes the, uh, back to the two-year thing where um, I left SEAL team and went up to Northern Virginia to do performance training. And we had an old warehouse, no HVAC, anything like that. All the machines were falling apart. And within uh, two years, we had NFL Super Bowl champions coming in training at our facility. And so we ended up having three facilities in Northern Virginia, uh, one in Maryland, and we were training NFL athletes. Uh, usually, you know, the pricing was somewhere around like $400 a month for, um, for any membership. Wow. Uh, and we were doing like 10-year-old kids at $400 a month. And so we were training guys that were on ESPN <clears throat> while we were training them. Wow. Um, which is pretty cool. And that I didn't have any personal training licenses or anything, but we had, were writing the programs for them and training them based off all of our training under the owner of that company who was 
What was the training? Was it like CrossFit kind of? It's all sports performance, so it was very calcu- very calculated uh, speed training and weight training. Okay. Uh, but it wasn't CrossFit in the, in the way that that's functional training. Yeah. Uh, but it, 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 we did some functional movements and stretches and mobility. Uh, but a lot, of, it's really just categorized as sports performance. Okay. Um, yeah. So we had sports performance facilities, but again, within two years, we were training some of these athletes that are at the, the Russian national hockey team would fly over every summer and train with us. Uh, it was wow. just awesome, awesome athletes that we got to work with. Wow, that's so, awesome. So, so that two year, I, sorry if I keep digressing, but it, it's so interesting because you'll find patterns in your story. You'll, you'll, like the two year yeah. thing keeps getting brought up, right? I'm really curious about your mindset for the two year benchmarks, right? Like, is it something that you already know from when you were 14, 16, whatever, before, right? Like, obviously you still achieved a lot within two years before mm-hmm. you had your uh, your injuries. Right, right. But even after that, you still had the patterns of the two years. Is it something you tell yourself? Is it something you write Master down? Master this in two yeah, years? It's or, like, yeah, it's like, it's 2022 now, by 2024, I'm going to X. No, I think it's something I'm more so noticed in hindsight. Um, just based off uh, what's happened in, in different scenarios. But I think really what drives that is just uh, passion behind yeah. it. Because passion also breeds, you, know, you talk about hard work and stuff like that. But if you're passionate about it, you're going to spend a lot of time doing it, learning yeah. it, and absorbing every single ounce of information yeah. you can. And so it just, it just so happens that what I found is like two years in the motorcycle industry, two years in the fitness industry, two years uh, – future in the real estate industry, you could be at, at an absolute top of your game, probably much further than where you should be. Uh, but when I was writing these programs for these NFL players, uh, I, I didn't really have the proper education behind it other than on-the-job training by guys who did. Like there, there was one of the guys is like, I think one of two, I could be wrong on this, but like one of two Under Armour uh, backed sports performance coaches in the nation at the time. It was, it was something like that. And so he was our direct coach on how to write these programs and stuff. And I studied under him for two years. So, so they saw that. They saw your passion. Mm-hmm. They fed you, right. basically. Right. All the knowledge, skill sets, right. everything. Gave you the opportunities and you were crushed. Right. And, 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 and like, same with the Navy SEAL as well. Like yeah. He didn't teach me from like a... Um, in educational standpoint, he taught me teamwork, leadership, communication, right. work ethic, sure. what the body and mind is capable of um, during ultra marathons and during really freezing weather and, and cold water and drown proofing. Um, he taught me that, and that was well within two years. But I think people just see you. You guys know when you talk to people and you're like, that guy is gonna. He's going to do something. I don't yeah. know what he's going to do, uh-huh. but he's got something in him that's, that's different. Yeah. And yeah. it's the same with, with all of you, right? That's, like there's, there's that's something right. that's in some people where you just know they're going to put in the work and they're going to figure it yeah. out. Yeah. And I think that's what they saw in the motorcycle shop. That's what yeah. they saw in the, you know, uh, when I was training for the military. And that's, you know, what, what people see in real estate. You've had well. an X factor. Yeah. X factor. And not yeah. only that, but you give someone an opportunity. He's not just going to waste it or anything. Yeah. He's going to take the right. full potential and... Right. Run as far and as I feel like mean. that's a combination of things. That's the X factor. That's also like they saw it in you, but it was because you were putting it out there. You have to put yeah, it out. I'm right. sure you were doing more you can than feel what it. they expected yeah. of you. A, a very right? blatant like, example of that is like it, back way back to the motorcycle shop. I remember going up to the service manager and saying, How, I want to be service manager. How do I be service manager? And this guy laughed at me and he said, 20 more years you can have my job. He like had to relocate a month later or something like that, and they hired. I I went to the gym and said, "How do I be service manager?" He said, "You got it. I'll give you a shot." 
And and wow. so I just had it, and then it, it crushed it. Did you go back to that guy and tell him I'm service manager? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so yeah, Twenty LinkedIn years. Buddy, you know, he's gonna watch this podcast. <laughs> like, what? No, the la- the last time he saw me, he was holding my head after the motorcycle accident. He oh, came back shit. to like get his stuff out. It, it was something like that, or he was visiting the dealership. The la- my last memory, um, really of that whole day, <clears throat> essentially, was him holding my head. Oh, like that, and and that was it. I just heard his voice, and that was it. No but, kidding. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, it's he was a good dude. He was a good dude, but like, yeah, yeah. It, it's still. I think everyone's mindset is to yeah, yeah. Uh, take your time and follow the chain of command and follow the. Uh, um, don't disrupt what what you yeah. think should happen yeah. right in your yeah. career or what everyone else tells you should happen. If you want something, you have to put it out that you're going to get it, yep. and then you have to work for it and prove that you're worthy of it. And yeah. I think literally what. What training to be a Navy SEAL, and again, I was never in the military, I was not a Navy SEAL, to be clear, um, but that training taught me that literally I went from an average Joe to just making the decision that I could ac- accomplish more, mm-hmm. and then made made the decision every day to accomplish more, yeah. and then was crushing it after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so it's anyway... Intentional. It's an intentional oh, thing. Yeah. yeah, and you can choose to be active. Just kind of like you just said, your service manager said, good luck, 20 years. Right. And a lot of people just fall in line. Okay, well, I'll wait out right, my right, time. Right, right. Yeah. And instead, right. you went after it and you went and got right. it. A lot of people don't do that. Yeah, they just yeah. sit back and if you tell them, hey, it's going to take you 20 years to be a manager, well, guess what? I'm on year three and I'm 17. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. people like, take that yeah. to heart. They yeah. take that to heart. And yeah. they don't understand that if you just go for it, hey, you might have to move around yeah. a little bit or whatnot. Yeah. You might have to make some sacrifices, but yeah. you can do it. It's very similar to like when you're we're purchasing a house in real estate. Like yeah. everyone, uh, uh, your typical person thinks that you have to use a realtor, you have to go through conventional yeah. financing, you have to do the conventional MLS purchase agreement. Yeah. You have yeah. to, and, and it's not, you think differently, you think unconventionally. And that's an, another thing that I took away. The military training was my four years in college. And it was it was how to work with people, how to do teamwork, leadership, communication, and how to think unconventional, uh, which yes. transfers perfectly to business. And, yeah. and they, I mean, there's so many it's experiences that I can relate and bring that to business. But uh, to go further than that, I, I I was able to stay in the fitness industry for a while. We were able to train some guys to go in the teams, which was really fulfilling after that. Yeah. Um, and we awesome. did some stuff with nonprofit uh, wounded veterans. But then eventually, uh, I was in this fitness company back in Richmond. Uh, and then, and everything was going well. And I, I had a buddy of mine who, uh, was, it does very well, good family man, nice guy, I'd known him for about 10 years. And he sat down and basically took me to lunch and, and said, Hey, I have this opportunity. Uh, I have this company and, and, uh, you were still doing the fitness thing I was. at the moment. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And it, it was, we, you, you weren't owner of that fitness thing at all. That, right? That's the, that was the key, uh, piece <clears throat> to move me over to real estate was, um, I was running the entire company, every aspect of the company, uh, but there would never be any equity play. Okay. And so I would always be an employee yeah. uh, and I would always be chasing a higher salary and uh, and that was it. Yeah. And, and so the company was actually growing. It was very successful. We had partnered with some local businesses that were really uh, increasing the brand awareness and everything in this company. It was going great. But what what happened then is that got the awareness of some other guys that are doing some stuff in real estate. Mm-hmm. And, and so one of them kind of sat me down and was like, you know, I had this opportunity, I had this business, haven't done anything with it. Um, would you be interested in coming in as a partner? 
And so he dangled this carrot in front of my face and just said, oh, you want equity? I'll give you 2% phantom equity, meaning like not even real equity, but it's, yeah. I just heard equity and was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. so new for the pro- new property management. This so, was yeah. before Peak ever even existed. Really. This Well, technically it was Peak, but before okay. we branded as Peak. And he had, he was already managing units when he came to you, right? He was, he, he had about 40 units Okay. Under management, okay. maybe less, but forty, and then maybe uh, a handful of those, maybe a quarter of those or more, were his. Yeah. Um, okay. And then, uh, and then some other friends and family of his. But okay. when he built nice. it up, it was like I got a company. Yeah. And you yeah. can have equity in it, and you I was get like, two percent. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, but he knew I wanted that piece, and, and yeah. again, he thought he, I'm very fortunate for him thanking me and giving that opportunity, or like putting that in front of me. Went to everyone in real estate that I knew, which are realtors at the time. That's all I knew real estate was. Yep. Went to realtors and then said, should I do property management? Should I do property? Should I leave this business? And everyone said no. Oh, yeah. Everyone like said horror stories. no. Yeah. No <laughs> chance. And so you're going to be miserable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then so I looked at it as if everyone thinks you're going to be miserable, what if you can bring energy, positivity, the teamwork, leadership, communication aspect of it. What if you could bring that to this space yeah. Yeah. And, and treat people right and do the right thing? Because I had studied, why does everyone hate property so management? you're swimming up the stream, bro. Yeah, you're right. going against the yeah, yeah, I know. So, <laughs> no, but yeah. if someone yeah. says no, you're just going to be like, all right, I'm doing it. Yes. <laughs> so now we know how to convince them. Yeah. <laughs> you won't jump off the cliff. You won't do that. You sure? No, but you, but you saw a crack. You saw an opportunity, right? Because like, if everyone looked at right. property management negatively, you were like, all right, I'm there, gonna be there. Was I'm something be the there, yeah. and, it, and it, it, it honestly, it helped. It went a long way that the guy I was talking to and was going to partner with. I really respected him. Yeah, right. He, cool. He's done very well. He's made some money, uh, it, but more so, he has a great family. He cares about his family. He spent time with his family. He's got. Uh, um, I didn't know at the time, but he has financial freedom. I, I didn't understand that term at the time. And I remember I was negotiating salary with him. He said, God, stop talking about your salary. And it frustrated me because I was like, I need money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, 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 Who do you think I am? Yeah. Like, and he's like, stop. Like, you don't want a high salary. And I was like, yes, I do. I actually do. Like, <laughs> reverse psychology. Right. I'm like, actually, yeah. I, I do want a high salary. And he's like, God. No, he's like, all right, I'll give you this, but I'm going to teach you that you don't want a high salary. And so I was like, all right, whatever. I trust this guy. I like him. He's a good dude. Yeah, yeah. And um, and he's done well for himself. And so anyway, um, I ended up obviously taking the opportunity, and that was in 2018. Uh, so that got me into property management. At the time, I was in property management, a 2% <coughs> owner of a property management company. Oh, yeah. Company. And he was the full other owner, so yeah. you own 98, yeah. you own two. Yeah, okay. and he, he's a licensed, like, he knows what he's doing. Like, okay. he's, he's, he's very square he, he wasn't a broker at the time, but we did have a broker for the for the company that okay. acted as broker. Um, but he's been licensed since 2011. Like it, he was, he's been around real estate for a while, has investments, stuff like that. So um, came on board. I still did not understand the concept of real estate investing. I didn't know uh, that I understood rental property existed, but I didn't know why. Like you just don't put two and two together when you never think about it, yep. right? And so I didn't understand people made money on rental. Like that's how green I was. Yeah. And so anyway, spent all of 2018 learning and studying and podcast. And then what stuck you? What 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 kept you in the game for that long? Right? Because that's it's frustrating when you don't oh, know yeah. the systems. You don't know how like. Yeah, but salary, and it was right. probably better than like your gym. It was, uh, yeah. 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 So, so that probably kept you in, but was it like that carrot of the equity? Was it the, these guys are doing something that I... Yeah, he just seeing these people, to, and like, probably half the yeah. ones you managed for, you were like, 
dude, they're making good money. Like, this is... I, I, I kind of, like, they were. I, and I saw the disbursements going out. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. but I didn't really understand. I, I think what really drove me was I love building, and, like, the fitness company taught me what it was like to build a company yeah, yeah, and, uh, and create mm-hmm. and lead a team and manage a team and come up with unconventional strategies to win yeah, and yeah. gain more clients. And So it was a puzzle piece to me to mm-hmm. figure out this business and then try to see if I could be successful. And plus, I needed to prove to that guy who bet on me yeah, that yeah. I could be successful. Because yeah, yeah. he okay. drove the company in the red to hire me. Yeah. You know? wow. And so that was my challenge was, it, this is a new puzzle, this is a new challenge. And I've always, and I still do to this day, I have a chip on my shoulder that I'm like, could never prove that I would be in special forces or I'm capable of doing that. And so I need to be special in some other way in my life to prove to people, not, not really to anyone, but prove to myself that sure. I'm something yeah. different. Yeah. yeah, You know, and so I, I kind of ride with that shoulder, that chip on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so went through 2018, learned a ton about property management, had my first meeting with an investor, um, and then uh, got hit by a Mack truck, basically, because I didn't know anything about investing. And it was embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. So you were yeah. trying to invest your own money into to buy houses you're saying no, or you wanted to manage their properties yeah, right yeah, oh okay yeah, yeah i was talking to this investor as a potential client yeah but okay, what i didn't it. understand i didn't put two and two together and it's, it seems very obvious but you need to know how to manage a property to uh, based on the investor strategy yeah uh, so you need to know real estate investing to know how to manage property efficiently right like exactly. why do you want a low vacancy why do you want quick turnover you know all this other <laughs> stuff like and and i just so he was asking about all these loans and financing and dscr and it, i didn't understand any of it and so I, it was he literally ended the meeting early and said i can tell that you don't know what i'm saying really and so wow. it's been really nice meeting you you're a good kid but cool like wow. that's it yeah and, and so I uh, left, studied everything, bigger pockets, everything I could about yeah. investing. And this is early 2019. When you could have been my friend. Yeah. I, <laughs> I could we have were supposed learned. to have coffee. And then there was like, <laughs> I'm happened? not going to live that down. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait, what happened? You, it's could, all right. you could be my friend. You could have been my yeah. best friend. <laughs> yeah. What? No, I'm teasing. No, because around that time, 2019, I was also reaching out and I was oh, like nice, trying to man. touch base with everybody in Richmond. Yeah. We, we messaged each other back and forth. So I could have been a host on this podcast. You oh, could have been. You could have been like one of the H, like the H of the H. Yeah, yeah. You're the one that does this. Yeah. Yeah. No, but that's awesome because like you use you use bigger pockets and any possible online resource that you could to like yeah. just pull it in. Right. So it wasn't like you had a, a rich uncle or somebody like. No. Yeah. You were really digging in deep. Yeah, and and so a, a lot of studying, a lot of uh, very fortunate to have a good network in yeah, Richmond, nice. and so a lot of mentors uh, all the way upwards of people who developed medical properties, um, big medical buildings, uh, you know, hundred thousand square foot, and then um, other people who have apartment building stuff, and I would just get in front of everyone and absorb all the yeah, magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So through two thousand nineteen, we were able to grow this business. Uh, I actually ended up buying, I think, within like a fourteen month period, my first like ten or eleven investment properties for um, yourself. Correct. In 2019, you said. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is cool. six months after you had this meeting that went Correct. horrible. Yeah. And, no and, and so about six months after that meeting, I yep. went back to that guy. And I, the one thing I remembered he said in that meeting is that he did private lending. And so I went back wow. to that guy and said, would you mind meeting with me again? Talked to him, knew a lot more. Yeah. Asked him to be a private lender. He said, sure. And he gave me a million dollars, like basically line of credit to play with. Wow. Yeah. All because you and came I, back and you showed, yeah. hey, I'm worth what right. I was talking about. Right. And he yeah. did all of those houses for me. Wow. Yeah. 
That's and he and and he was also the guy who wrote out the the project we were talking about before the podcast. No wow. kidding. Yeah. So went back to him. That relationship's good. Still talk to him all the time. Do you get to manage his properties? He actually, I think he was a little bitter that I invested, like that there was some, you know, investment in Pete because he was like, let me know. But yeah, um, but he's got his whole family is set up to manage his assets. He's got a bunch of kids. Nice. His kids manage all the stuff. But uh, so uh, they, that worked out all right. Uh, we bought some investment property. Pete grew probably about three hundred percent that wow. year, uh, and we only took clients for about six months out of the year. Twenty twenty, we grew about four hundred percent. Uh, only took clients for about six months out of the year. Are you still two wow. percent owner? At, oh, sorry. So, uh, it, um, in 2019, we get to the end, and I'm like, I've been working 100 hour weeks, you know, just taking it. It's like I own this yeah, thing. This yeah, is my yeah. baby, and it and it's becoming very successful, but it's also becoming very hard. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. And so I get to it, and I'm essentially like two percent. Yeah. And I'm like, what What am I doing? Like, so I talk to him, and he, my business partner, he says, just buy it, buy it from me. And okay. so I ended okay. up buying a uh, majority ownership of the business and now we pretty much not exactly, but swap places. Yeah. Um, and then, wow. uh, yeah, so ended up buying them from him and that took place January 1st, 2020. Cool. So right before COVID. Yeah. So majority owner, scared. three yeah. months later. Yeah. So that's yeah. the worst time to take over as a landlord, yeah. but right? ended yeah. up being the best time to own real estate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it was scary, but we grew 400% in January. So, your first year full right. or majority ownership. Right. And wow. it, it gave me the, the, the drive, all right, now I'm doing this thing. Yeah. So like, uh, yeah. I, yeah. not that I didn't have that before, but I still was like, it's sure. mine, let's, let's roll with it. And so we're still, still have a very good relationship. He's still a partner in the business. Um, we um, awesome. uh, grew a lot 2020, 2021, still doing well. Uh, and then we uh, were ranked the second fastest growing company in Richmond uh, in 2021 uh, with, a, I think it came out to about over the past three years. I'm not exactly sure how it was calculated, but they said over the past three years, the revenue growth, I think, was 200% year over year over year. Wow. So, um, oh. it, yeah, it was pretty good. But and then we, had, we went from, you know, 2019, we had three employees, and now we have somewhere around like 17 or 18. So Holy cow. So your employees have grown, your revenue has grown, right. your inventory has grown, your management, right. I mean, right. the whole business since you took yeah. over and went full speed. Like you were saying, the two-year thing. Two, yeah, years, two years, really. This is two years worth of work, and yeah, you can right. double, triple it. Yeah. And now here you are. What is this fourth year, or technically it's third year, year majority yeah. owner? Yeah, fourth year now. Yeah, third. Well, yeah, second year majority owner. Yeah. Wow. And then, and it's coming from not knowing anything about real estate. So that is also um, has a lot to do with the network and the people that support of you, course, and, sure. and, yeah. and of course my family that supports me and allows yeah. me to like work this much, but. Um, it has a lot to do with that and then, and then drive as well. But the idea is it, it, it was, I learned about real estate investing in late 2018 and yeah. 2019, just make, get the right network, get the right people in place yeah. and then yeah. just make moves, calculated moves, but make moves. Yeah. So that's awesome. And it goes back to what we've preached over and over. Your network is your network. Right. I yeah. mean, it's Jim yeah. Ingersoll says it best. Right. I mean, your network is seriously your net worth. You surround yourself with the right people, like we all are here today, mm-hmm. you will get where you want to go. Right. Yeah. So and now we're in a we're short having, period of time. Right. Yeah. Right. And and now we're tackling medical buildings, office buildings, apartment buildings, uh, and of course single family houses. But we're pretty much every asset we've hired. Uh, really good people and experienced people and brought them on the team and kind of yeah. giving them that te- that like peak um, 
kind of immersion of like that community yeah. focus and that fuel and the responsiveness and everything like that. So we're, we're well equipped and, and hopefully that grow will, will continue. So. That's awesome. So when you took over uh, in 2020, how many employees did you have under you when you took over? I think 2020, oh, so January, this, oh, a big leadership challenge of course was uh, 2020 I had hired, I think four people in January. Before everything shut down. Yeah, we were able to keep them all, but it, it was, uh, we hired four people in January that, that, and so, and the thing was, is we had no tenured employees. Those are my first like real employees. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, I shouldn't say that. We had a, a yeah, man tech who was still with us. who's was a, a awesome, awesome guy who started late 2018, but my first administrative, uh, like real team. And, but so not having any tenured employees before that, I'm training four people at a time at different yeah, jobs. Yeah, yeah. Terrible move, like terrible oh, decision. So how many that. hours a week were you working? That is ridiculous. You do, you, <laughs> you support your team through the entire workday and then you get your work done at night into the morning. Oh, yeah. That's, that's how it works. Yeah. So basically your wife and family, Hey, I'll see you guys in the morning oh, yeah. and I'll see you at midnight tonight. Yeah. yeah. I'm very fortunate that I met my wife when I was training to be a SEAL. And so she understood, she the understood ethic. the work ethic yeah. and she understood that, um, that that was a priority, yeah, and, and it was yeah. very respectfully so. I mean, um, it, we're we're very much a team, me and my wife. But it was important to me that she understood this was a really important goal of mine, yeah. and that transferred yes. into business when I couldn't be a seal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the transferred in business, she understands. Oh yeah, she so, knew from the get go. Hey, he's not going to stop till he gets yeah. there. Right, and I think that's one of the things that she appreciated about me. Yeah, but I also care about her a lot and give her. Um, everything I'm doing is to get her closer to wherever she wants to be in life. Yes. And, and I think she understands that. And if that ever is changed, then I will change and I'll adapt. Right. Yeah. And so, um, I, she knows that and I've proven it in times where, uh, maybe she needs me around more. I'll, I'll stop everything and I'm around more. So I think it's important to be aware of that dynamic in your relationship. Mm-hmm. That's so. awesome. But it, it helped that you met her when you were training to be a Navy SEAL. Because Absolutely. It allowed yeah. her to go through the fight and all of the steps with right. you, essentially, because your sacrifice is her sacrifice at the same time. And, and how many people do you guys know that um, two people met and had a good long-term relationship, but then one person changed? Yeah. Yes. They wanted to get in shape, and, and they started running marathons, and this other person didn't, yeah. or oh, didn't yeah. support it. Yeah. Or, or they want to start investing in real estate and this yeah. other person didn't support it or take certain risk or, or go some direction. Yeah. And and so if we would have met under yeah. normal Steven, I mean, still ambitious, but before the motorcycle. Yeah. And maybe working that. normal hours and just wanting a good long career or whatever. Yep. It, then I veer off and want to be in it. The relationship probably wouldn't have worked. Yeah. 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 So, and you were fortunate enough to meet at the right time, yeah. at the right place. In I, your I life. think I've just been just stupid luck the past like 15 years of my life. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, you yeah. both knew each other's standards, and that's what was the biggest thing. Right. She knew that you wanted to work and everything. Right. So later in life, she was expecting maybe you'll be working long nights right. and everything. So when you first took over the company, you were working probably like 80, 100 hour weeks, I assume. Um, but now you're trying to t- take a step back based on what we talked about before. So what do you what do you do to try and take a step back and focus more on family and less on work? So in 2020, we bought a beach house and it was very intentional uh, to, because it, it was in, in it's, it's uh, I've always considered myself very strong mentally and physically, et cetera. But like, um, but the hundred hours, you know, you think you can do it forever. And I told myself I can do it forever and it was not. And, and it got to a point where 
quite frankly, it was it was wearing on me, like mm-hmm. physically and mentally, yeah. and, it, and it was uh. It, I, the beach house was great, right? You go to beach house and you you know can go and go on vacation <laughs> yeah. and tell all your friends. But the, for really, it was to get out and to have a different perspective and be able to decompress. Right. It was my yes. place to decompress when I needed to because in Richmond, it never stops. It's going 100 miles an hour every day. Everywhere I go, I'm seeing yeah. people I know. Yeah. There's yeah. some sort of business um, that you have to uphold. Yep. And, and it was just, it wears you out. Right. And so the beach house was just to decompress. But so in, in fast forward, uh, we made it a goal this year to spend one week at the beach every month. And we started in January and my wife is currently pregnant. We're expecting a baby in July. And nice. Not yet, not yet. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, but so we, we said every month we're going to go and then this month is, uh, or last month or the last month doing it, uh, because we're, we're you know, about to have a kid, but then after the kid, we have three weeks blocked off in September. Uh, I've been hiring, uh, some, some folks on the team, some real, uh, powerful people on the team so that they can help with my current responsibilities. But the idea is to get ownership in, um, to our team and let them make decisions and let them be a leader and let them, cause I want them to eventually be able to own something, okay. whether yes. it be property or company. Mm-hmm. And so whether it be, Hey, they're really interested and passionate about this. All right, let's spin off and, and let's give them ownership and the opportunity to have financial freedom and own property. I want that for my team yeah. and I'm not going to hold them back. And so the idea is they need to start making decisions to have ownership as sooner than later, yeah. regardless of their age or their position at peak. Everyone's a leader here and everyone can make decisions, but that starts with me uh, understanding that I need to not be a crutch. Mm-hmm. I need to, to, to step out and allow them to make their make own decisions. decisions. Yeah. yeah, so when you do go on these vacations, do you see a slowdown in production at all with your team or do you worry that they're gonna slow down in production? And- I, uh, naturally, I think I always worry, but um, starting off at the beginning of the year, yeah. Um, and then it, as far as worrying, I, I think the slowdown really has never happened. But that's what I've learned. It, like you wouldn't know otherwise. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right? And so the, the past few months that I've left, it's just been normal business as usual. Yeah. yeah. Right? You know. And so I've like eliminated more meetings and stuff. Like because in January I would still be on meetings and stuff virtually and everything. But I I would wean myself off, and then I learned. Oh, I get back and everything's good. Everything. Yeah. The building's still here. Yeah. So, yeah. Clients clients are happy. You know, yeah. there there might be a couple issues that came up, but they made their decision and as long as it's a 80% correct, I'm happy with it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but that's it. Yeah. It has, it's, it's, it's been good so far. Yeah. The first week was probably brutal. And then as you, you know, the next month probably felt more comfortable and got a little bit better at it. And yeah. you can tell because you're portraying it because not only that, but a lot of your employees are coming to the meetings now, like all right. of our real estate meetings, right. and they want to buy investment properties. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I see them there, and we see the peak management. We're like, oh, right. Steven's here. Yeah. Nope, just one of his other yeah. employees. <laughs> we, we want yeah. to encourage them to, to understand the game. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want everyone to learn a lot by understanding the game and being able to provide the value that as investors you want. Right. Well, it's going to provide a different life for my wife and my kids that I would have never imagined would have happened so soon. Yeah. And, and if, why would you not get, just like you guys are doing with this podcast, why would you not give that back to the community as much as you can? And like, I love these people that work on this team and as much as possible, I want them to be able to, 
to, to have, I'm not trying to keep them as W-2s. Yeah. I mean, I want them to work for me as W-2s, but I want them in, until they get to that point where they're ready to own something and yeah. run a business or yes. just own real estate yeah. and, and share or participate. Yeah. So since day one, I've told them I'd be their yeah. private lender on any opportunity they found as long as it fits our criteria. Yeah, that's awesome. So the company will pay for their, you know, any assets that they find that fits our criteria. That's huge. So for yeah. them to be investors. I mean, think about how many companies only look at you as a number or a statistic to where you're coming out here and you're starting to grow a very large company and care about these people right. like it should be. Yeah. And you should care about them and you should want them to just be bigger than just an employee. You want them to own financial freedom and you didn't even know what financial freedom was five years ago. And now here you are, they're starting off day one and you're teaching mm-hmm. them how to be financially free. Right. And we have the same sal- it's interesting we have the same salary conversations that I have with my business partner. That's why yeah. I was thinking. And, and so we're, we'll talk about <laughs> increase and we'll talk about different ways to do things. And I'm like, I don't know if you want to do that. Yeah. Like, why don't you think about it this way? And they're like, oh. And I'm like, I'm really not trying to just, you know, pay you less. Yeah. <laughs> but like, there's different ways we could do this and we could yeah. set this up. Um, but yeah, I, I want to see them win. I want to see other people win. But I think if we, you guys have that mindset and, and a lot of people in our network have that mindset, yeah. Yeah. which is why we're successful, right? If we yeah. didn't have those people yeah. to lean on, um, I probably wouldn't have made it uh, as far as I've made it in, in, a, in a short time, which um, is, is, Way, way, way less far than many other people have made it. I mean, there's some oh, yeah. some very large investors around us that have been crushing it the past couple of years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. And not only that, but they've been crushing it for the last 10, 15, right. 20 right. years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of our network has been in this business yeah. for a long time. Yeah. We're newbies, technically, if right. you really think. Yeah. Very, very, very much so. Five years. Absolutely. Very yeah. much so. Yeah. So it's, it's, been a, it's been a good journey. And um, the goal, I think the next goal is to continue to grow this business but uh, allow the, uh, the team to have some more ownership of it um, and then really just figure out how we can give back and how we can let other, other people, you know, kind of see what we're seeing and, yeah. and participate in what we're doing and then just kind of keep heading in that direction. Yeah. So, so then the awesome. two to five year, I mean, cause you're sitting up here, just kind of like pointing to the direction that you want your company to go in, right? So like, what does that look like in two to five years? That's interesting. So we there's so many options and it's overwhelming the opportunities like shiny object syndrome but yeah. <laughs> there's so many opportunities we built this company where it could easily be franchised and we could easily run maintenance leasing anywhere in the united states from this office we have um all kinds of capabilities going to different markets uh we could do or we just stay in richmond and grow yeah. we could add to our um our services we focus only on management i'm the only management company i know that does that that doesn't do sales um, that that doesn't do any other real estate services. We just focus on management, but we could have a sales division. We could have an, uh, a development division. We could yep. do, uh, there's, there's a lot of different ways we can go with this. Right now, I think we're focused on uh, being great at what we do. Yeah. And we're still very young, we move very quickly, so we wanna be yeah. sure we have a good foundation yeah, yeah. in place. And so I think the next two years is really just continuing to learn, continuing to be great, be very selective about the assets we pick up. Uh, and then from there, we'll, we'll kind of decide over the next two years what that, where, where this takes us. Okay, so, yeah. yeah, with caution. Do you ever wonder what would have happened if you did get cleared medically to go as a Navy SEAL, like where you would be today? You probably wouldn't even be in real estate. Probably in the Navy. <laughs> yeah, still, still be there. there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 I can't say that without, you know, uh, but uh, I would like to think I would, I would still be in the military. Uh, I was all about it uh, or some service. But um, 
what's interesting is I would have never had that lunch. I would still be fighting for a higher salary and some corporate job. And I never, ever, ever would have learned anything about financial freedom, about how money works, yeah. about yeah. And, and so that you guys, I don't know if I should, I'll, I'll share it, but um, the story about my dad getting into real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a conversation. He was getting ready to put uh, a, some capital in the stock market. Uh, I shared with him a book uh, about, uh, it was the Cash Flow Quadrant. Ooh, and, dad, um, dad. Yeah, love that. I yeah, love that. Shared him that book. Shared with him that book. Uh, we had lunch again, probably about a week later. I don't remember exactly. And it's almost like uh, he he's in. It was in his maybe early seventies, late sixties at this time. It was probably three, four years ago. Um, but he had a tear in his eye, basically saying, "My entire life." And he's he was successful and did well, but uh, his entire life, no one had ever told him that that was possible or that's how money worked or that freedom was possible. Yeah. Imagine learning that like in your sex. So that would have yeah. been, I may have never learned it. Yeah, exactly. You know? it's, yep. it's an incredible to think about that and how fortunate we are to, to kind of understand this. And, and that's why we need to not, not preach it, but like who, who if people yeah. are interested, we need to help yeah. them out. Yeah. You know, and it just preach goes it. back. I was going to say, it goes back to what Robert Kiyosaki says is you don't ever want to get a salary. Just like your right, friend right, told right, you, you right. don't want this salary. Are right. you sure this is what you want? Because right. all it's going to do is just hold you back. Right. People don't understand that the second you start working for money, you're capped. Right. You're not going to make but so much because right. there's not but so many hours in a day. Right. There's not but so many days in a year. The second you forget about that and you work to help someone or solve a problem, money's infamous. Right. I mean, it just comes. I agree. Yeah. And that's crazy that it took so long and how fortunate we are to not be 70 years old right now right. and see that or read that or have our son tell us that in 20, 40 years. Right. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. I mean, so. it's just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, and now your, your dad's probably like one of the happiest guys at that meeting. <laughs> oh, and we see him at every meeting. And, and he just brightened your day. Inspired. I mean, right? Yeah. Inspired. Yeah. Yeah. He'll ask me, he's like, how's it going? I'm like, oh. It's going all right. He's like, it's not going all right. You have to be more positive about it. He's like, it's going great. You're in America. You have food on the table. You know what, Chuck? It's going amazing. Imagine being 13 and he's waking you up in the morning and he's saying, it's a beautiful day outside. (laughs) Sounds great, Dad. Go back to sleep. Love him to death. Great guy. Absolutely love him. And how but, cool is it though that you get to work with your dad? Yeah, it's, it's, it's something cool, that yeah. you love, and now right. he equally loves it. Yeah. Like just like you can tell in his eyes how much he loves yeah, he's passionate what he does now. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know how he was at his previous jobs and everything. If he loved them, but you could tell he loves real estate. I, I would doubt. I mean, I, I think he was fairly successful. He's he's well educated and um, had some good you know a good career and and probably did well financially. But I, I doubt there was a whole lot of passion there. Yeah. You know? Um, and maybe there was, because at some point he was an educator, but um, still, you, you have a, a long career, that, and, and he was in an office for, for a lot of it. Um, so I, I doubt that level of passion was there, and he probably feels a lot more free now oh, than yeah. what he does. And you can see it in his attitude. But you can see it. Yeah. Every time you talk to him, yeah, yeah. you can see the passion he has for real estate yeah. and teaching people about what he yeah. does and, and how you do it. It's also interesting, because growing up, he always told you, you want to start your own business. You want to start your own business. And he encouraged me to start my lawnmower business and all that. And he was the guy who drove me to Florida and dropped me off when I was 20 years old and just like said, <clears throat> like trusted me to go do that start this motorcycle yeah. company right like, and it was yeah. just it was crazy but he was always very supportive and 
And so fortunately he's found that, you know, some sort of passion to have his own business yeah. through a private lending, you know, source. So yeah, that is awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Wow. That's a, that's it's like a, the that's American heavy. dream. I mean, seriously, yeah. is. I mean, you start off and you just worked your way. Didn't go to college. Didn't go to college and Still worked as hard as you could yeah. to get where you're at. Yeah. yeah. Tried numerous things. Succeeded yeah. at all because you could learn anything. Yeah. Gave it two weeks, two, two, two years. You could do anything. You could learn anything and you could be successful. I, I, I really think so. But it, it, you have to work. You can't be like, oh, I tried for a month and it didn't work. You can't do this. Yeah. Like you That's, can figure it out. You, yeah. If other, if anyone else can do it, you, why can't you? Why can't you? Absolutely. And and so there's uh there's one thing that we would say in our training, and it's it's uh to, it's all about your decision making. So you set your goal, and then every decision you make either takes you closer to or further away to your goal. Yep. Right. And so if you think about your life in that, and you can you could break that down as small as possible. Yeah. You can say I, I'm going to take a sip of water. And is that going to bring me closer to my goal or further away from my goal? Yeah. I'm going to eat this cookie for closer to my goal, or further away from my goal. So it depends on what your goals are, yeah. right? Yeah. If your goal is not health related, then maybe it doesn't matter, or maybe it does, maybe it ties in. But the idea is, when I when I was training and in deep deep my training, I was doing very well, and it was um, everything that I did. Am I getting closer to my goal or getting further away from my goal? Yeah. And yeah. so if you think about it like that in your decision making process, you can ramp that up really quick and get where you need to get because all you're doing is getting closer to your goal yeah yeah so. yeah it's uh i think it's gary v who says it's it's, it's a micro speed macro patience right yeah. on the day-to-day -day, right crush it right? right to get closer to your goal right because it could you can reply to somebody's email the next day yep and then the following day they'll reply to you, and then the following day you reply back, and then all of a sudden it took five days for you to get Same three time. interactions. All right. Yeah. When I could just text or immediately reply to that email, yep. and I condensed the five day period to 30 minutes, yeah. to two hours. To what, so I'm all of a sudden, I mean, I'm doing things 20 times faster, because yeah. I did it in two hours <laughs> instead, of 40, instead of 40, right? So it's, yeah. And that compounds. You do that enough, over and over instead over of a twenty-year yeah. period, yeah. you can become your man. A man during two years. Yeah. My wife yeah. makes fun of me because I have a process for everything, and I'm not necessarily <laughs> like OCD about it. But when I there's the quickest route from point A to point B or whatever, and yeah. it's it's like there's always uh, I'm not going to waste time, and that yeah. that's the we all know and it's cliche, but that's the one thing that your world's richest guy doesn't have more than you. Yeah. yeah, and so it's like you you got to figure out how to manage your time appropriately, and then and then put it yep. to getting towards your goals. And sometimes that means you got to get hit in the face for two years. Yeah. But then, man, life is good after yeah. you know. Yeah. People you just don't give it stuff, enough man. time. People yeah. don't give yeah. it enough time. Yeah. They just yeah. they just want to quit so fast. How many people, as a, as a trainer, how many people did you see go to the gym for a day or for a week and you tell or train for two months and then they give up no. or they oh, yeah. quit? New Year's resolutions always happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. January's yeah. packed. Go to the gym in January and you'll get your answer. Yeah. 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 yeah, And it just it goes to show you yeah. that if you stick yeah. it out, good things do come yeah. if you're willing right. to work for it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you are willing to put in the time, the effort, everything yeah. to yeah. learn the knowledge. I mean, yeah. it that one person that shut you down. 
what did he do to you? He made you get in the books and yeah, right. study everything right. there was to know about that. Yeah. Now, granted, you didn't end up managing his properties, but you learned and you managed hundreds more properties right. because of that meeting. Right. Honestly, imagine if he would have managed that guy's property. Imagine if he would have. Exactly. That'd he might be not very have, different. Right? It'd be yeah, very right, different. Right. Would yep. you have had three consecutive years of 200%? Yeah. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe you'd be at 100%. Right. Yeah. That'd still be great, but it's that edge. But it's right, because he got, it's kind of like what we posted earlier today, that no got him to so many more yeah, yeses. Yeah. Because that one no yeah, is right. just inspired you to yeah. find that yes. And if you don't yeah. know about that, it's a 30-day it's yeah, yeah. no challenge. Yeah. So it's this, it's this guy, I don't know his name, but he committed to himself that he was going to be told no yeah. for 30 days straight for the most absurd requests. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so he would go and it'd be something like, hey, I... I don't live in your neighborhood. I don't live on your block, but I have this plant, and I'd like to plant and plant it in your backyard. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'd be like, "No!" But then eventually, I mean, you you're just genuine, and eventually people just would say yes to his absurd suggestion, <laughs> and it was just like one of those like. I mean, you can do the math on it, whatever, but, like, eventually people say yes, and they don't yeah. care. They yes. But you'll you'll hold yourself back before yeah, other people right. hold you back. Yeah. And I've been saying it for years. So I came from a sales background, and I always used uh, to yeah. tell any guys that worked under me, look, every no gets you that much closer right. to your next yes. Right. So keep pounding the doors. Because we yeah. used to door knock. And we yeah. would pound doors every day, and you'd get 100 no's. And then all it takes is that one yes. Yeah, right. And now, bam, you got to say it. Yeah, and then yeah. bam, you, and once you get a sale, now yeah. your confidence is back up, and you can take another hundred no's to right. get another yes. Yeah. And it's yeah. just a numbers game. Yeah. Most How people stop at that ninety-eight. They stop no. at that yeah. ninety-eight yeah. no, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Or they do making cold calls, and they get twenty no's, and they never pick up the phone the twenty-first time yeah. to get that right. yes. Yeah. 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 So, so as a um, as a transition, <laughs> yes, the market is changing. Right? Oh, yeah. I was going to bring that up there. So the market's yeah. changing, and I mean, if, if we kind of relate that to like real estate, getting those no's, the prices, the interest rates, the, yeah, all that, right? Like, if you're going to burr, the interest rates right. are higher, so then the DSERs are different, so then you're not going to qualify. Right. So, like, there's all these no's now that we're even telling ourselves right. before we even go out and get a deal sure are we getting wholesalers that are calling us and telling us about different deals like sure but then you're already like oh no yeah the market too much yeah. should yeah. i make that Back low ball offer yeah, yeah. Just do it. oh yeah. oh my god i stop myself all the time for making low ball offers because i'm like i'm gonna be disrespectful yeah. but like who cares i need to ask if i can plant that tree in your backyard get those notes get yeah. 24 <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um i don't know I, I, no, I, I guess we can just yeah we can just kind of start from there and i was gonna say bringing that up where do you think the market's headed steven i mean you you got it from a different perspective there and yeah. i mean i guess we're all in the similar boat but you're in a different side of the boat yeah. versus us we're only small mom and pop rental properties and stuff like that yeah so yeah. have you seen with inflation and gas prices have you seen any decline well rental specifically i guess right now yeah. I, i'm just curious are you seeing any difference in your rent collection with the tenants or that you know of, that you could actually see an inflection point going down no no, no there's okay. nothing it, everything okay. is still rock solid on the in, in this market speaking for this market only um and i guess our portfolio only but uh, everything's still rock solid, and and as far as what we're posting, as far like uh, uh, vacancies and, and new leases are still 
very high market okay, rents, okay. yeah, and happening quickly. Yeah. yeah. Now, so, since 2019 to now, have a lot of your rents increased mm-hmm. due to the demand Absolutely. and everything? Yes, yeah, so okay, our so. renewals are anywhere from five percent to fifteen percent renewals. Wow. Uh, most of them are around ten percent and higher, yeah. um, just okay. to keep up with with increased costs. Sure. And yeah. then uh, when we're re-renting, um, the you know new leases are about 25 percent higher. So wow. it's a massive jumps in, in some places, yeah. Really? That yeah. high? It's so insane. So you're going from $1,000 a month to $1,200 yeah. We've a month. had, uh, there's a unit on Monument Avenue we just leased it. It was uh, 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 routinely like $2,300 for the past two years, and we just got $2,850. Wow. Whoa. Yeah, it, it would be crickets at 25 No we, we put it off. The owner was like, I want 28 And we're like, okay. And then it went. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Oh. Now, well, what about the, the caliber of uh, of tenants? Have you seen that change? Right, better qualified, more stable jobs, better credit scores. Like you probably don't see that on a day to day, but like on new leases, no, it's still pretty consistent. Uh, what we did see over the past couple of years, which is different than what you're asking. Uh, was the mindset that they didn't have to pay rent anymore mm-hmm. because you had all this assistance. Oh. And so what's happening now is that assistance is gone. Yeah. And so we do have tenants that are like, wait a second, like who's, who's, who's paying now? Yeah. And, and so we're seeing that like this month and last month where people were like, you can't evict me. Like it, we had all this assistance and I, I, everything's fine. Like why am I now getting evicted? Yeah, yeah. And it's because they're supposed to start paying rent now. Right. So that is a weird mindset thing that we've had where delinquency has been a little bit higher, but the mindset for the past two years, everyone's been telling tenants, you don't have to pay rent. It's fine. Yeah, but yeah. now they kind of sweep that out from the tenants. And, and so now we're playing this weird game where, uh, so like new lease is fine. Every, everything's normal there and we're having strong tenants and good performance and everything. But yeah. the current uh, tenants that we have that we're not paying on rent relief, that whole mindset has been crazy. Yeah. Like, wow. So. Mm. What, what, do you, what do you see with that though? Because like, if that just started in June, July is around the bend, right? It's coming, Because I think yeah. July is the first month that they're not paying out I believe so, yeah. I think it's technically already ended, but they're still processing. I could yeah. be wrong on that. They're still processing. June 31st, I think, is the last okay. payout. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah and then so it's going to be a lot of evictions. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, naturally, just because what, what happens when you, I, I, I don't know of a good analogy, so I'm going to hold off on what I was going to say, but what, it, what happens when you encourage this behavior yeah. over and over again and then, uh, and then expect people to have to then start budgeting that rent payment again? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just they not with mortgages and all that. I yeah. mean, it's not well, just yeah, they went rent. into forbearance right. and yeah. yeah. And I mean, think about how many mom and pop landlords this has affected. Because right. I've met a lot, a lot of the properties I've bought over the last two years, the land, they were mom and pop landlords that didn't know they could get rent relief. Yeah. So yeah. I either, for one, bought the property and helped them do the rent relief before awesome. I purchased yeah, it awesome. to get them their back rent because right. they didn't even know they could get that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and now all of that's coming to an end. Right. So all the mom and pops that have been riding yeah. it out till now, now they're going to have to make that decision. Do we sell or do we uh, keep doing um, this? Or If you had to take a, a, a wild shot shots. in a dart, a dart, right? Uh, what would you say would be the eviction percentage of the people who were on the RHB? I mean, realistically, less than 1%. Oh, okay. Realistically, okay. it's not going to be that much, but it's still pretty uh, it's still going to be a pretty traumatic wave of evictions yeah. that's not normal i think i mean yeah. um and, and again that's speaking of our portfolio we manage 
sort of more on the higher end stuff. Yeah. And so maybe there's less of that, but the companies that have thousands and thousands of units out there and on very low income areas, sure. they're pro it's probably gonna be a pretty big wave of evictions, which is, yeah. is not great. I mean, we're all landlords here, but at the same time, it's not exactly what we want, right? Yeah. And, and no. so we, you want a good solution, but otherwise there really is no, like maybe no. we shouldn't have been encouraging that for this long right. or, or something. You have to pay but, the piper at some point, right? right? Like, oh yeah. I mean, you can create pl payment plans and stuff, but it still incur it still lengthens. And, yeah. Anyway, so I don't have a solution for it, but I do know that um, that it was a weird mindset. We're coming out of that mindset now, and people are kind of in that shock phase where they're like, yeah. "Wait a second, I just got uh, an eviction notice. Like, what what's happening?" Back to reality. Yeah. Whoa, yeah. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> right. We're so used to not having to pay our eighteen hundred dollars a month, and right. now right, right. we yeah. spent it on. Who knows what? New and cars. How many pools did you see come up on people's backyards? No, I mean, it was yeah. just like everybody was buying everything. <laughs> the blow yeah. pool. Yeah, the blow yeah. pool. Yeah. Walmart no. didn't have them stock because everybody would buy them all. <laughs> yeah, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, just a whole new world out there. I mean, it's, it's one of those to where who would have ever thought we would have got to this? I mean, because the last thing any of us want to do is evict somebody, but at the same time, we're making that mortgage payment. Yeah, it's not yeah. like someone's paying it for us. Sure, right? yeah. We didn't yeah. go into for us. So what's no, the outcome then? Right? Well, how does this end? How right? does it end? Yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, bankruptcy, yeah, where's, where's my aluminum foil? <laughs> 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 yeah, but how does this end, right? Because like... Well, either the mindset of the tenants are going to need to change, or there's going to be a lot of foreclosures, bankruptcies, and people that weren't prepared for their tenants not to pay. But I also think it helps, because how, how many of y'all know how many people that can't even find a place to rent right now? Right. Because yeah, there is lot. really nowhere to rent. Right. And now I think it's going to open up those really good tenants are going to get a chance to get into some of these properties right. that these bad tenants are going to get, unfortunately, kicked out of. Yeah, because yeah. there's a lot of good tenants out there. I mean, yeah, over yeah. the last six or eight months, I've had four or five rentals come available, and I have really good tenants to where I'm glad that the last people got out and these new guys came in. Yeah. Well, also, if the housing market, the the prices ever drop, yes. are those good tenants going to go away? Because now they can buy a house. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But regardless, there's good to like you can find good. You have good assets that you take yeah. care of. You're going to find good. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So. And, and it comes down to vetting your tenants. At the end of the day, I mean, how well can you vet them and make sure that they meet all of your checkboxes? Yeah. And if they do meet all the checkboxes and everything, then give them that shot. Yeah. What is, What is your like basic requirements? Ours is actually online. Oh, okay. You oh, can it's see all our website. Online. Yeah, it's actually pretty interesting. Oh, cool. So, nice. uh, anyone who wants to check it out can go to the Peak website. Mm. Um, but it, and it's under our tenants section. Um, and it give is that a, email or give the website. It's, uh, it's joinpeakpm.com. Okay. And so if you go to that, go to the tenants tab, you can see the application, the tenant scorecard, I yeah. think it's called. Um, but it is interesting because it's very detailed and outlines exactly what our criteria is. Mm. And so that way tenants can see it before they apply, before they spend any money. Yeah. And so uh, they can see the criteria. It's got all of our um, fair housing language and everything else on there. Yeah. But it, it actually probably would be a helpful resource for um, yeah, for, for a new landlords. Yeah. 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 Because it's, 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 uh, I've studied 
numerous property management companies around the nation and compiled that screening sheet mm, based cool. off what they were doing. And so yeah. it's a, uh, it's pretty, uh, and you're, st- and you stick to, so anybody trying it, stick yeah. to your list. You have to yeah. stick yeah. to your criteria. And yeah. anyone can access that list that you've provided. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. So yeah. all you new landlords, check it out because it's very important to, for one, stay within your range of the fair housing right. act and yeah. make sure you're doing everything the right way and get your own checkbox right, like yeah. and add to it subtract things to it if it doesn't meet your exact criteria mm-hmm. change it a little right. bit but kind of use that as a guideline right. because it hasn't steered you wrong and you have hundreds of properties right. that you manage right. Man, Why you, guys would you, just, you guys have the same criteria regardless of whether it's in colonial heights or in richmond yep and, and a lot of it is like percentage base or based off the amount of rent or something like that so yeah. it fits it's one size fits but all your so credit score is Right. Yeah. So the yeah credit score requirements are the same, but you you it's very complicated. It's very complex. A lot depends on other factors, and it's literally a scorecard that you add up, which then allows you to pick one candidate over another candidate because they have a higher score. And so, but it's it's just it's criteria. We stick for it for everything, and since it's most of it is percentage based, it or really based on a point scale that is also percentage based, but. it allows us to use it on every single asset we're screening tenants, so we're not changing our criteria and being having okay. any judgment or bias. The system, like that. that's right. system. Right. yeah. Right. Put in a system and makes it really yeah. easy because now your employees can come in and duplicate it. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no bias. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, all the employees, I mean, they yeah. can come in and use your exact criteria. Right. Now they get their very first property, they're not just going to get a crappy tenant that's not right. going to pay. Because right. I think that's the number one killer for new landlords is you get a bad tenant and it just gives you a sour taste and you lose money and now you never mm-hmm. want to do it again. Right. You're like, oh, maybe this isn't for me. Let me go put it in the stock market or somewhere right. else. And that's tough if that's your first experience because yeah. in, in a lot of cases, not in all cases, but in a lot of cases, you don't have a whole lot of capital, especially if you're a younger yeah. person trying to get into real estate. Yeah. You yeah. just burned your house and you're fired up and you get a tenant that doesn't perform. Doesn't perform. Doesn't then you're like, pay, man, then your wife off. is like, what are you doing? <laughs> you just lost us $1,000 a month because you're making the mortgage now. Yeah. 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 Yeah, could have bought a puppy. No, <laughs> but, no yeah, kidding. So though. I mean, you it's... want you want your first house to try to. You don't want to hold back. Like you, you got to take a risk at some point if you're going to invest. But at the same time, like try to mitigate your risk and, and be smart. L- listen a- again, your network, right? Like yeah, yeah. reach out to a property manager in your market yeah. and say. How should I screen a tenant? If someone calls me, I'll tell them, hey, check that out and see yeah. if it's helpful. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm not, they're not going to start their own property management company and then put me out of business. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe, they will, maybe they will, but I've at least got a few years. Yeah. His name is Stephen Glover. It yeah. might take him two years. Yeah. He's at least at two years. Yeah. 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 To start another business. And then, yeah. Yeah. But you'd rather see that person be successful in the first yeah. deal because yeah. when they hit 10, Guess who they're going to come back yeah, to? I'm always you to manage yeah. that property yeah. because you helped him get that number one right. and make sure he didn't go the wrong direction. Yeah. yeah, the number of people who have reached out to me to have coffee when they were getting started, and then I met with them. Yep, and spent time with them and gave them all the information. It's coming back. It's, huh? Yeah, it's oh, coming yeah. back. And then the people I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> we we make sure you remember. <laughs> we make sure. You remember. <laughs> It's just crazy though to look back and think of where you've come from in such a short period of time and yeah I mean a lot comes down to just who we're surrounded by because I've had guys that do who I I have guys who have 
maybe have done somewhere close to 100 million in transactions so far this year, like real estate transactions. That's a friend of mine that will answer my call and answer any questions I have. And I remember one of my first meetings with him was like, hey man, if you see any good deals on a single family house, let me know. (laughs) And he was nice enough to just be like, Okay, man. I got you. But yeah. I didn't know he's dealing with like fifty million dollar medical buildings. Like, yeah. And I look back, and I'm like, oh my god, why did I even ask? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, he's not looking at single family houses. But yeah. I didn't know any better. But the thing is, is that there are good people out. There. You don't yeah. have to pay for them. You don't need to sign. There are good people out there. If you're a good person and can work for it, that can, yeah. that will show up, take you under the wing, and be like, all right, let, let's help this guy out, and let's make sure he's got um, a good foundation, the good people around him, keep him straight, and that's yeah. that's really what's helped. It, it is right like they see your work ethic they see the integrity they see your intentions they see i mean there's so many different things that you just i mean i'm not gonna call anybody out but like you just genuinely have to be a good person that wants good for your family right. yes and right. for the product that you provide right and it shows and you'll and you'll make it through whatever we're gonna go through i feel oh like. yeah right right and then looking back on it, so since 2020, 2019, mm-hmm. have you seen a shift of people kind of going out of single family into multifamily and medical buildings and things like commercial buildings? Uh, so like from single family to multifamily, I think that's what the podcast and books tell you that you should do. Yeah. Right? And there's good there's good financial reason to do it, and that's fine. Yeah. I don't know that I've seen like a, a bigger shift that way. Um, I do know that multifamily in our market is red hot and is always oh, yeah. even hotter than single family on off-market deals and everything. Um, but as far as commercial, you know, COVID just wiped out uh, retail yeah. and yeah. office space um, in our market. But the guys that I know and our clients that invest in these assets really double down and say, get them while you can. Really? Get them while everyone's scared and, and yeah. buy more assets and buy more. Me- you know, medical never even got touched. I mean, medical was gold. Oh, yeah. Throughout the whole thing. But office, the, the, the guys that I talked to who were buying office were like, yeah, let's, let's keep rolling. If you see anything, let me know because they wanted to buy more. Really? And they're still buying more. Even during think, COVID, during right. everything. And, and a lot of times they're at the point where they can hold on to a building for five years and they could be a loser, but they know in five years it's going to bounce back. And yeah. yeah. These, these are very experienced. So they're long-term kind of like hold it. And, and they're repurposing these? Sometimes. There's, it depends on who it is, but some people are uh, finding office buildings that should be medical buildings and, repur- and immediately increasing value. 20-year yeah. wow. leases all triple net, and you're talking tens of thousands of dollars a month in rent. By one tenant, um, it's incredible. Wow, that's so, unbelievable. Yeah. So, yeah. and and the thing is, is like they, I was this close to a, a seller finance a medical building. But the thing is, is like you shouldn't if the opportunity's there and the numbers work and you can understand it or partner with someone who can, you, you shouldn't really be scared of it. So I'm a yeah, fan yeah. of like if you're a single family investor, but you got the the team, the tools, the knowledge, the resource to go grab a medical building if it falls in your lap, like do it. It's, yeah. it's a numbers game, right? You can't get emotional about it and be like, it's too big. or like As long yeah. as you're, yeah. you can make a smart decision and partner with someone who understands it, it, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to do medical. Yeah, right. Yeah. But, yeah. That's why I love this podcast. Because, I mean, just hearing your perspective, it goes to what, what we've been saying this whole time. Yeah. I mean, surround yourself with the right people and make calculated moves right I mean that's all it's about don't be scared to make a move just because it's too big or it's right, right. too shiny yeah. or yeah I mean it's it's unbelievable and it's awesome hearing it from somebody that's been doing it and just came into the business and doing right. it so well mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I mean yeah and I, if I think anything, a, you've inspired half the audience yeah just to get out there yeah and do it. Because, sweet story yeah super I, sweet story I mean if you if you had to boil it down to like three points what would you say has led to your success? 
I mean, we we kind of talked about it, right? You can go yeah, back yeah. and listen and like take their own notes. But if you had to summarize it, what? Uh, that's a tough one. I would say <laughs> uh, just bottom line: teamwork, leadership, and communication. Drilled in my head for four years, and if you implement yeah. those in anything you do, yeah, yeah, teamwork, leadership, and communication, you're you're gonna win. You're yeah. Gonna win. I think that's why so many military people are so successful in yeah. business is because they get that drilled into their head for years and years. And if you can implement that into your own business mm-hmm. or something outside of the military, you can run yeah. for the fences. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it applies to everything. Everything. It applies to very everything. consistent, very diligent, yes. just very just dedicated. Dedicated, yeah. Right. yeah. Just eye on the prize and yeah. just keep working at it. And eventually yeah. you get to it. I mean, that's really what... It all is. Oh, that's what it's all comes yeah. down to. Yeah. And how far do you want it to go? Because some people don't want to grow as big as you've grown. Right. Some people would only want to manage those 40 properties just like right. you started when right. you first started. Right. So it, it all depends on you. Don't feel like you have to come into it and go for the fences because yeah. you want to manage 600 rental properties. Right. Yeah. Like peak. I mean, it, yeah. Let, it all let depends on your goal. ego aside. And, and exactly. Yeah, really? Just, yeah, that's yeah. a big one. That can't yeah. be understated. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. That's put a big your ego aside. Yes. You, we all are going to have bad deals. We're yeah. all going to lose money. We're all going to f up and yeah. you know. Oh yeah. And, and be down on ourselves because we thought we had a golden ticket, and then yeah. all of a sudden it was a dud, yep. right? Like, I was just, just okay. I was just talking to my painter about that today, and he was like, "Man, how do you owe all these people money and sleep at night?" I was like, "Dude, you put your ego aside. Like, it, yeah. that doesn't matter anymore. Right. I have assets that are going to pay them because I." sold a property and he was like why didn't you just take the profits and pay off one of the other loans you have i was like why would i do that that house is worth that money why dip from this pile to pay that pile you got to put your ego aside and not think that hey i owe him a million dollars and let me just chip away at it no each house is a certain value and each have their own work so you just have to put your ego aside and let it ride yeah All right. All right. So before we end the segment, we're going to do rapid fire on some quick questions. And if you guys have any, but I'm going to basically what I'm going to do is give you two answer or two, a question with two answers. You got to pick one or the okay. other. Okay. And it, yeah. it's, it could be anything. Okay. <sighs> so first off, if you have a hundred, if you had a hundred K today and you had invested in 10 years, would you rather put in Bitcoin or gold? Oof. Uh, gold. Gold. All right. Nice. Uh, real estate market in 2023, do you think it'll be over or under 5% increase in value? Uh, over. Over. All right. Okay. Would you rather be able to be be able to evict someone in 30 days guaranteed for a non-payment of rent or have capital gains rate be 15% solid for short-term and long-term? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough one. Capital gains. Okay. Nice. Because yeah, right. you can evict someone in 45 days, man. <laughs> I read the book. Yeah, yeah. I read the law. Um, okay, do you think interest rates are going to be above or below what they are today? Uh, above, yeah. All right. What are they today? And they're about 5.4, 5.5 yeah. for a fixed okay. 30. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll, we'll come back in a year and see. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Just call me out. Yeah. <laughs> and the last one that I got up, uh, would you rather have your H, since you manage a lot of um, properties, mm. Let's say for any um, any private landlord or mom and pop, and that's managing their own properties. But would you rather have a HVAC stop working on a really hot day and you get that tenant call, or a roof leak during a pouring rainstorm? I would, <laughs> I would rather have the roof leak 
during the pouring rainstorm. Okay. Because that's you easier. That's actually easier to mitigate. Yeah, you can't do anything about it. So you yeah. have time to develop a plan, okay. and it's out of your control. Yeah. But okay. that HVAC, it, man, that comes in. You better get some guys on that. You know, within yeah. as soon as possible. Yeah. They're in there dying with hundred degree heat. Right. And it's uh, not right. Yeah. They're so drop off window units or do something. But like, yeah. yeah, that requires immediate action. Whereas like the roof leak. You're saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, get buckets, yeah. here's how to mitigate it. I guess they'll understand more. Yeah. Is yeah. What, what you're getting at. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I have one that we've talked about before. So if you had $450,000 cash, you could either put it in the stock market, an SP, some sort of index fund, right? And you can't touch it. The dividends get reinvested, it just stays there and continues to grow for 30 years. Or have a house that's paid off for $450,000. And then that cash flow that comes in, you also can't reinvest. It just comes in, it collects in a in an account or whatever, and then of course you're you're gonna uh, you're gonna have the appreciation. Can right? I play with equity? I just can't touch you the can't, cash. You, you can't, can't pull out. So money. you can't pull out anything. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, you can't, you can't Are you margin. sure? You can't margin. You can't. You like yeah, you your can't credit's pull. really bad. Yeah. <laughs> They're really <laughs> sketchy guy. You have 480 quid. Yeah. You couldn't qualify to rent your Can I sell place. the house? <laughs> no. I can't sell the house. No. It's so 30 years. Right, you set it and forget it. Damn. And in 30 years. <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. I might. Oh, man. <laughs> do you remember the numbers? I think I do. <clears throat> I'm gonna say the wrong thing, aren't I? Is there a right answer? I mean, kind of. Oh man, pressure. Um, I don't know. I mean, it. it uh, mm. We broke Steven. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll say one. The, the house. Yeah, the, the, the house. house. Yeah, and that's kind of naturally where we all went because it was just like, all right, well, we're okay. in real estate, yeah. right? But um, I wanted to go against it, but my brain started glitching. Yeah. That's why I like it. <laughs> froze. Yeah, I think we I think we did the numbers, and it was all on like averages, right? right? So like, what the average rent is going to be thirty years from now, which you can only okay. assume, right? Yeah. Um, and what it is now, and, and then basing it off of, I think it was four percent appreciation on the house, nine percent return on the in, on the okay. index fund. Okay. So it was like a, a few things that were just like averages, and I think the house was like three point four million. With collected rents and all that. So, like, accumulate. Did we do 30 or 10 when we broke It was 30. Okay. 30, So, it was, like, 3.4, and then the stock was, like, 5.4. Oh, yeah. It was, like, a big difference. Yeah. Almost double. Yeah. So, basically, what I was trying to get at that when I was doing that is... If, unless you're pulling leverage off the house, that's like always you, yeah, yeah, you do that, yeah. you crush yeah. it. Now, yeah. us knowing what we know, you're pulling leverage, yeah. you're equity, yeah. you're, you're yeah. That's what I was going to say. Can I sell the house and then buy another one? <laughs> yeah. Pull leverage out of that one? Like, just give me some leverage. Yeah. 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 Make it you're like, can you? Yeah. Yeah. You are already right trying to like. Can I subdivide the lot? <laughs> So can I blow the top off? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm definitely going to pop a top. I can't wait for that next project. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, if only they knew what we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Pop the top. <laughs> the horror story. Yeah. The horror story. Hey, we all have them. Yeah, yeah. no, but it's, it's, it's one of those like, interesting So actually, so, that like, brings me to my question. What's your, wor- like, what's your worst deal? So, um, personal deal that is, yeah, yeah, not through the company and all that. Yeah, personal yeah, deal. for sure. It, it would be the deal that we were talking about earlier. And it okay. Was, uh, it's a it's a house, a single family house in Sandston. 
Virginia, which is in Henrico. And uh, we basically bought it. it it's a 2-1, I think, 750 square foot. It's a really small house. It's a cute house, good-looking house, beautiful plants all around it. Um, really old, outdated. Uh, got it as a 2-1 and talked to my GC and said, man, the only way this is going to make sense is if we make this a 3-2. And that means we there's, there's already a walk-up attic, and then there was some good space up there, but not enough to be per code, bedroom, bathroom. And so I asked him, how much is it going to cost to, to pop the top, make this thing a 3-2, uh, everything by code, permitting, et cetera. Um, he gave me a cost. It made sense. I worked into the numbers, uh, ended up purchasing the house. I think uh, it might not be exact on this number, but somewhere around like 65, 70,000, somewhere yeah. in there. Um, and then uh, things went south. Uh, the, the contractor had just done about 10 houses for me, no issues. And then, uh, so I trusted him, let my guard down, didn't have a good contract in place, rookie, uh, rookie mistakes. Yeah. And, and, um, and, and so I, I just figured, hey, he's gonna pull permits, he's gonna do his job, I'll give him the draws, do the inspections. Uh, something happened, I'm still to this day, I don't know what happened, but he moved very slowly. And whenever I needed him to take action, he would show up for a day or two and knock out a bunch of stuff. Mm. But he essentially got to the demo phase, uh, gutted the entire house, pulled off the roof, and then I could never get him back on the site. And so what happened then is his quote was so low, and I've heard other contractors talk about this, and I think you guys probably know, his quote was so low. And, and I, I knew it was low at the time, but I thought it was still a decent price. And we just ran through 10 houses in a year mm -hmm. that he was like kind of hooking me up and, and I'm keeping him busy. And so anyway, his quote was so low, I think he realized he couldn't do the job, but he wouldn't mm -hmm. tell me. And so I kept trying to ask him, he said, hey, I'll come out, hey, I'll come out. Oh, my truck broke, oh, this happened. And I'm like, all right, all right. And, and so I'm so busy trying to grow a peak. Yeah. It was kind of out of sight, out of mind, just trying to ignore, trying to hope it would happen, uh, which is, again, the wrong move. I should have made a decision earlier. Um, but uh, long story short, he pulled off the roof. Uh, I would check every couple weeks with no activity. He would come back, knock out a couple hours worth of stuff. I would have my hopes up that he was back on the site. This went on for like six months. And then after that, uh, we realized the roof was off probably for about four or five months. Wow. And, and uh, so I walked in one day after a heavy rainstorm, and, and not that it happened immediately, it was probably happening over time, but there were literally holes in the ceiling where the drywall was like, it, it was all wet on top, so the drywall was just caving in. Yeah. And, um, and, and there was mold, I was starting to see mold, so he had actually made the house in worse condition. I had already paid him about $20,000 for some supplies wow. up front for demo, um, and then I told him I was going to have to pull him off the job. Yeah. But in pulling them off the job, it took me a while to make that decision because the next contractor was about $25,000 above the initial quote of the original contract. Yeah. And maybe more, maybe about 30000 And then so um, pulled him off the job. He said he, I still owed him money. He was going to put a mechanics lien on it. So in order to get a release, I think I paid him about $7,000 more because I was like, just get at This is a nightmare. And so I paid him more money, got him out of there. New guy came in. Um, it, it, it went, uh, he, he did a good job of getting it all back together and everything, but uh, we had, didn't know this originally, but he found out that the contractor did not pull permits like he was supposed to. And so Henrico came in, uh, noticed that no permits were pulled, and we had to start over, pull the roof off, everything back to framing. The structurally, it, it was not sound, so we had to gut the downstairs too. Um, because we had to in, in make sure it was structural for the second floor to, to yeah, hang in there. The, the, the roof wasn't at the right pitch, so all of it came off. Everything came oh. back. We did it all over again. Uh, whole project took about a year and a half. Uh, cost me somewhere. I think of my original uh, my original scope of work was somewhere around like 
Ford, again, don't quote me on this, somewhere around like 45, 50. I think it ended up paying around 70 or 80,000. Um, so all said and done, just ballpark, I was probably, you know, had spent somewhere around like 20, 30,000 more than I yeah. wanted to spend. And it took a year longer than expected. It was supposed wow. to take about six months. It took a year and a half. And so, and meanwhile, like, who knows what's going on with the economy, rates are going up, yeah. stuff like that. And so it took a year and a half, uh, spent a lot more capital than expected. But when we went to, it was a Burr project. So when we went to do the refi, rates were a little bit higher, but the house then appraised um, much higher than I expected. And so it appraised at 240. Um, and we had uh, whatever, so let's call it 70 plus seven. So we had a hundred and let's, let's say 150 into it. Still an incredible deal. Yeah. Um, nice. And then I didn't even, I was very fortunate that I didn't have to pull the entire amount out. Um, so I was able to pull, um, I pulled about 130 out. My mortgage was around on a 30 year fixed, uh, 900 a month and it rents for 1,880. So cash flow is nearly a thousand dollars. I have a bunch of equity in the house. So it was a miserable, miserable experience, but it still was an incredible deal. Yeah. Um, so I got very lucky on that. A lot of rookie mistakes, a lot of lessons learned. Uh, but otherwise, all my other deals have been fairly smooth. A great, uh, some great deals in the past. Beach House deal was awesome, and then this deal fell on its face, slowed me down a lot. But it was a, a great learning lesson. Yeah, now that leads so. me to what's the best deal? Beach House. Beach House. Yeah. Nice. So quick, uh, it was it was uh, uh, went to the seller, friend of a friend, owned it for forty years. Uh, his family never really visited there. Kids are grown. They don't they don't go there very much anymore. They were thinking about selling. Uh, I talked them into you know creating an investment out of it for their family and put it in a trust, et cetera. And nice. so he sold it to me, zero dollars down, zero uh, percent interest, and two payments a year. Wow! Four. So I do two seven hundred and fifty dollar payments. It was a uh, bought it for uh, three hundred and twenty five thousand dollars total, like no interest or anything. And oh. it, it, actually, the purchase price was two seventy five. But because the IRS uh, makes you do imputed interest on 0%, they assume that they're going to calculate 2% interest, which is imputed interest from what, what? I understand. And so we actually, we changed the figure to 325 <clears throat> just to match up for that imputed interest. Yeah. So it was a 275 purchase, uh, 325, but the contract says no matter what, no matter when it's paid off, early, late, anything, 325 is the amount that, yeah. that we owe. And, wow. and so... It's a 325 value. We talked and I wanted to, I was like, hey man, this is really seasonal. Um, you know, we're in the middle of COVID. Uh, I want to be sure that I can just make two payments. I don't have to pay you monthly. It's easier on you. Yep. And so two $7,500 payments, one in June, one in December. Wow. All he cared about is, is my payment was December 1st, not December 31st. They had more money for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then so <laughs> two payments a year. Um, and then the house is now valued a little over 500,000. It was, and we bought it a year and a half ago. So a little over 500,000. So we have close to like 200,000 in equity. Wow. And I paid like, to, oh, and I deferred the first payment by a year. What? Because uh, I wanted to put 20,000 into like adding a bathroom and renovating it. He was good, it. He was good with yeah. that. So yeah, he was, he was good. He, well, we did an inspection, found out the pilings need to be replaced. Mm. And, and so I said, hey, oh. look, let me, we're gonna spend some money on this. But then I, uh, my brother-in-law is a contractor in Outer Banks. So he hooked me up, fixed the pilings for like nice. a really cheap, like $8,000, should have been like 30. Yeah, yeah. Um, so $8,000, which then I put the rest of the money into approving the house. And I told the owner, straight up, I told the seller, hey, I got a deal on these pilings because I got like a $25,000 reduction for that. Wow. And, and so I said, I got a deal on these pilings. 
um, if you'll still honor that price, I'll promise to improve the house, the value of the house, because that's all he cares about. It's collateral, sure. right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I promised to improve the value of the house by adding a bathroom and renovating and stuff like that, and we put all that money back into renovating. So yeah. now I have a higher value house yeah. sure. because of another bathroom, which wow. increased the price significantly. So wow. uh, we have that beach house, a block off the beach, um, and I think total I've made three payments on it since I bought it two years ago, um, and zero percent uh, interest, zero percent down, um, and and uh, overall the expenses are about twenty thousand a year on that, uh, and we easily we make that in uh, less than three months. You Airbnb it right. We VRBO it uh, just enough to cover our expenses because we enjoy it. Uh, like yeah. we talked yeah, about yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, previously. So, okay, so cool. we want to enjoy it. So I've jacked the prices up, lowered the occupancy um, rules and restrictions, right? You can yeah. sleep eight, but I put sleep four. And uh, so it, I've nice. jacked it up, lowered the occupancy, and it's and it's set to where right when it, we break even on our expenses, we're good because we want to use it the rest of the time. Yeah, Friends, yeah, family, yeah, yeah. we send uh, its benefits to our employees. Mm-hmm. And so oh, just oh, randomly we'll, we'll have a good good weather weekend where no one's in it. I'll say, hey, uh, Joan, you know, someone on our finance team, go hit the beach house with your family. Wait for right off. That's weekend. awesome. <laughs> yeah, and then the company pays me on. Yeah, we have yeah. 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 right now? Yeah. 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 But, yeah, we've sent our property managers, we've sent uh, some financing, we've sent our maintenance techs and his kids, yeah. uh, and we let them go for you know a long weekend, and then uh, I will write a check from my company to me to make it of up course. for rent. So, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yep. So, if y'all own businesses, take notes. Yeah. This is how you're supposed to treat well, your employees. Every, I've started a, a LLC uh, for our vacation holdings property. Nice. And so every time we go to this beach house, it's now part of that company. And so when we need to go out to eat and we need to um, look for other property in the area or talk to our GCs or um, work with other partners, potential partners in that area, it's a write-off. That's so right. That's our, awesome. our gas down there, our gas back, our yeah. meals down there, uh, depending on what they are and what we talk <laughs> about and who we meet with, are all write-offs. Yeah. And, and all the improvements we do to our own beach house that we yeah. enjoy is yeah. all right yeah. that's beautiful yeah i mean it does that's an amazing deal yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. if you find another one please yeah yeah I'd let love, me know yeah. all right yeah. Yeah. Love, no let me know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well it just goes to show you a lot of people don't think that those deals exist but they do yeah they do like those deals are out there you have to talk to people and you have to get creative the reason you got that deal is because you got creative yeah he yeah. would now yes he probably would have taken all cash but yeah. Yeah. at the same time, he didn't know what he didn't know, right. and he was okay with taking payments. Yeah. And there's so many people out there that would love to get right. payments and keep. It's like mom and pop landlords. Right. They still want that cash flow. Right. They don't need to sell and make two hundred mm-hmm. grand and pay capital gains tax. And he's doing it for ten, holding the note for ten years with an option to renew. Wow. Yeah. So because awesome. he's just like, just as long as my kids are taking care of, I'm good. That's awesome. And we still talk. I mean, he's a good dude, good good guy, you know, yeah. good relationship. And you'd let yeah. them go down there probably and, and see the oh, house. Yeah, or, yeah. yeah. yeah I welcomed them a few times. And, and another, we, we had this fun emotional connection story because you, you want to connect and build sure. a relationship. Yep. My wife's name is Beth, and my name is Steven. So their kids' name are Beth and Steven. So <laughs> they're, uh, they're like, wouldn't you want another Beth and Steven in the house? Yeah. 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 I love the death of great people. But yeah, yeah so. That is so awesome. I mean, and just goes to show you, there's deals everywhere. There's deals to yeah, be made. Yeah. Get creative yeah. with your financing, creative with your deal structure. and Your relationships, relationships your conversations, yes. your career. 
Yeah. Anything, just think unconventionally and then believe that it's possible. If anyone else yeah. is doing it, you can do it. Yeah. And and the thing is, is like, it's it's just those self-limiting beliefs where you're like, uh, I'm, I'm just, you know, that's not me. I'm not that type of person. Or how did that other person get so lucky? It's just yeah. literally just think outside the box, think unconventionally and, yeah. and set your goals and then figure out how to, how to do it. And, do you know how many it. people are looking at this Crushing. and think that you're so lucky because you got that beach house? Yeah. Yeah. But they yeah. aren't willing to go out there and try exactly. to do the exact same thing. He set did. it up. And he was ready to take a yeah. no if they gave I was going to say, no. if they told him no, guess yeah. what? Do you think he'd have stopped looking for a beach right. house? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely not. But he got a yes. He, he got probably would have followed up, yeah. actually, in, in two weeks and been like, hey, is it yes yet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. No, I appreciate, you know, you taking yeah. the time out to yeah. have I appreciate you guys. Yeah. 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 A lot of valuable stuff, man. Yeah, man. I, mean, yeah. I just kind of stayed quiet for a long time because yeah. I was just taking it all in. Yeah. And the crazy thing is I've heard his story and still... Even today, man, I got goosebumps hearing it again because yeah. it inspires you. Yeah. It inspires you from where you came from to where you are and how far you're going to take this. Because yeah. you're not at the stopping point. You're no. going to be 10 times no. farther than this yeah. here in the next five years. What, and if you think that's inspiring, you, you look back at the, the some of the training I went through and some of the groups I was with. Like I was with guys missing arms and legs like doing 10-hour Spartan races. Yeah. And, and so like you guys are inspired by like the little bit that I've done. But I surrounded myself with like real, actual, just heroes and guys that like don't understand the meaning of like impossible. Mm -hmm. And and so when I look back at those experiences that I had, and it just drives me every single day to like live a life that is worthy of their sacrifice and, and what they put in. And and they didn't quit. Like why the hell should I? Yeah. And 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 so I think like. I look at my story, it's great, man. It was a lot of fun, right? And it's unconventional, and, and it led me to think unconventionally and do a lot of stuff. But those guys, like, I look at what they've done, and it's just, it, it really, if you put yourself in that experience and, and challenge yourself, or in that environment, and challenge yourself um, to be around those types of people and people don't quit, yeah. it, it teaches you that it's yeah. just, there's no there's no end to your capability. Yeah. And it's just, just being around the right people and making the right decisions. Mm -hmm. so, limiting beliefs is right. really what holds people back. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, you're a great person, dude. Yeah. And yeah. You inspire, yeah. You inspire yeah. us, just like, hopefully we inspire other people watching, because, yeah. I mean, and just like the people that surround you surrounded yourself with to inspire you. To Good get people, yeah. 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 You guys are great. I appreciate you guys so, having me. Yeah. Well, yeah. don't forget, if you want to get that sheet that he asked for the tenant screening, it's on peakmanagement.com. Yeah, it's uh, joinpeakpm.com uh, and then the tenants tab. All right. And also, if you're a Richmond homeowner or a landlord looking for a property management, property management company, feel free to reach out to Stephen yep. Glover. And this is Generation A! Hey! Hey!